At Discount Tire, you can shop online and get the same trusted advice you get from the stores. Then just book a time that's convenient for you. When you get to the store, you can stay safe with a new touchless experience. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Hello, my friends, it's Andy over at the Andy Falco Show coming to you live from California. It's a Wednesday, 5.30, and uh, got a bunch of stuff to get to you. I have been just, um, I don't even know what the word to use it. Uh, just uh, beside myself doesn't sound strong enough. I, I've been pacing, I've been reading, I've been watching. So many things are happening. You got Atlanta cops that are walking off the, off the job because they know the truth. Um, I've been telling you for the last couple of days about, uh, uh, you know, what I thought about the shooting that I, that it's justified. Um, you, if you've missed any of those shows, you're going to have to go back and, and look at some of those shows. You either go to YouTube or, or Facebook, uh, the Facebook live TV show. Um, and, uh, just scroll down, you'll find them. Uh, they're out They're an hour and a half long, some of them. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to try not to rehash much of this stuff. I'm just going to kind of hit the points. Uh, I got a, a video to show you, uh, uh, that shows you what happens, um, with these kinds of incidents. Um, it, it's impossible to find the exact same incident, but I found one that's really, really close and you'll see what happens in these cases. Um, it, it, Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself because I, I need to get to my sponsors. I always forget to make sure and check out my sponsors, please, or else I will not be able to continue these shows. This is what I'm going to be doing for a living now. Uh, and I, I do, I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to go forward and, and share with you uh, the truth and the facts in regard to law enforcement and what it is we do uh, as law enforcement officers. And so go to todayshappycoffee.com, check it out, get us, get a sample, get some coffee. If you don't like it, return it. But I'm telling you, it is great coffee. Uh, it helps with the dopamine and uh, other um, uh, hormonal uh, issues in regard to uh, you and what it is you need, makes you happy. Uh, it helps people. I know that I've seen testimonies where it helps people lose weight. So make sure and check out today's happy coffee to uh, uh, today's happy coffee.com. I just want to get to the show and I, and I, and I hate to rush through my sponsors, but I just want to get you into that. Uh, today's CBD oil. Uh, it's the best CBD oil on the planet. It's made by Vaseo, one of the top 50 healthcare companies in the world. It's patented. They use uh, liposome technology that allows the nutrients to actually get into your body to allow the CBD to work better than any other CBD on the planet. Go to todayscbdoil.com and pick up some CBD oil. And then we have also our other wellness products with Vaseo. So go to todaysvaseo.com and check out um, uh, you know, all the other stuff, skincare, uh, healthy uh, vitamin packs uh, to um, energy drinks and, and, and whatnot. So go to todaysvaseo.com. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to rush through those, but um, I just want to get to some of these things. I, I, I'm trying not to go past an hour. I have to see if I can get this all done within 30 to 45 minutes. Um, and so I've really struggled about which thing I want to go to first, but I, I think uh, I need to first tell you a couple of things. And I, and, I, and I know that I have a lot of new viewers that are watching this uh, for the first time. And so those of you that have watched, I'm so sorry, but I just need to go through my background because again, it's so important, I think, so that people understand that I'm coming from a place of expertise in the sense that I, I know what I'm talking about. I've been in law enforcement for well over 30 years, 21 years as a police officer, uh, another 15 to 20 years uh, as um, an expert witness in cases involving wrongdoing by police officers. I often testify against law enforcement. A lot of police officers don't like me anymore. Uh, the organizations that either I've created or been president of, they pretend that they don't know who I am. That's just the way things work. All right. And so, um, and uh, you know, it's just what it is in, in law enforcement. So understand that I'm coming from a place from being a law enforcement officer. I've trained in the canine world, um, police officers all over the world. I've had, I have police dogs that have been working throughout the United States and in Canada and other countries and Peru and uh, Ireland and all over the place. Um, so I've been involved in this in a lot of different aspects. I've trained thousands of dogs that have bit bad guys. And uh, as far as I know, none of them have ever been brought up on charges. And so I think the way that I train people to use use of force, um, and when I uh, investigate officers that use uh, excessive force, I am fair 
and I, uh, I pay attention to detail. And when it's necessary for me to testify against a police officer because I find that they used excessive force or lied or did something uh, against policy or against state statute or, or uh, federal statute, I have no problem calling them out. So I just wanted to make sure and lay that foundation first. All right. So with that said, as a police officer, you know, one of the things we're being heard constantly, I just heard it just seconds ago before I went live, is they said, uh, you know, uh, this officer shot uh, Rashard uh, Brooks in the back. All you keep hearing is that he shot him in the back. He shot, you know why? Because that makes it sound bad. Like it's, it's bad to shoot somebody in the back. Listen, um, you have um, reaction time, which is a big issue in this case. When Rashard turned and, and, fa and, and, and sideways faced, as he was running, because he can't turn and run backwards very well, and so he's running and turns and fires the darts at the officer. The DA admittedly said the darts went over the officer's head, which means he shot in his direction, and the darts went towards the officer and shot over his head. All right, so they're admitting that their their dead client, this uh, person who as was doing time for um, domestic violence and violence towards children and um, uh, kidnapping, this guy that they are saying that shot over their head admits that the, that, the, that the suspect, the dead suspect shot over the officer's head. As an officer, when you're pointing, when you see a flash come from the muzzle, in this case, it happened to be a taser, but the officer probably didn't know whether it was a taser or a gun. All he sees is the flash. You can't tell where somebody's aiming. Oh, he's shooting over my head. I'm now not going to shoot him. No, the reaction time is that he saw the flash. You can see it on the video. He sees the flash. He's drawn his weapon. There's there's reaction time. Reaction time is your mind has to has to uh, process what it sees, right? The eyes see what they see. Then the messages goes to the hands and the heart and the mind and says, I need to draw my weapon to protect myself and fires. There's distance that can be made because now the officer is trying to take cover behind the car. The suspect's continuing running, and now you have greater distance. Don't use this BS that he was now further away. He was only about six feet away when he fired the taser, which with his arm extended makes him only three or four feet away from the officer's head. And the distance that he had traveled was the reaction time from the officer to pull his weapon, pull the trigger and fire, which two or three steps are taken, which now creates a little bit more distance. The shots go off. Now the suspect turns and gets the shots in the back. It is irrelevant, irrelevant that the shots hit him in the back. It is irrelevant how far he got after he fired the shots. Irrelevant. I'm telling you, you got to understand this. It's also irrelevant how the suspect was acting beforehand. Oh, he was totally calm. This was just a DUI. Oh, they were talking. He was cooperating. He was cooperating until he fought the officers, punched them in the face and stole the taser. That went from a misdemeanor, a, a consensual contact where eventually he would be handcuffed, taken to jail, given a sight and, and, and uh, be released. Although, you know, what we also forgot is that he's a parolee. Oh, we forgot that detail to tell you that he was on parole, right? That he was just got out of prison early because of COVID-19. That part seems to be escaping everybody, right? Uh, and that is why he decided to fight, not because of George Floyd, this, this false narrative. Well, he saw George Floyd in a video get killed. No, he's fought because he was a pro-lee. That's why he fought. I know to you, it doesn't matter. To all of you, the DA, nobody, that, none of that stuff matters, right? And so here you have a completely false narrative towards all of these situations. So the reason for me talking about the fact that he got shot in the back is I shot somebody uh, in the back in, in the shooting that I was involved in at the Anaheim Police Department. It was a robbery in progress. The, the suspects just got through robbing a restaurant. They took everybody's jewels and money, the money of the cash register, and I positioned myself outside the restaurant in the darkness. I had my gun out, right? And so I have my gun out waiting. I'm getting messages from the uh, cook who was in the kitchen, hiding underneath a, a table somewhere in the kitchen, reporting to our dispatch what was going on. Hey, we have two suspects inside a restaurant. Um, they're robbing everybody right now, and they're taking all of their jewels and their, uh, you know, necklaces and watches and that kind of stuff and money. And they're coming out the uh, east door. It was the east door of the restaurant. Uh, and as they were coming out, they, they came out towards me. Uh, I had my gun out. I was waiting for them to get a little bit closer because the last thing you want to do is say stop police when they're too far away. Why? Because they'll run, right? You don't want to chase people that are armed and dangerous. You want to wait for them to get really close so that the closer you are, you can close distance. And that way, when you have your gun out and you tell them to freeze police, you're in a little bit closer distance. They're less likely to run. However, I guess I might not have been hiding very well. They spotted me. They dropped all the goods. 
and they started to turn with, and I saw he had a gun in his hand. He's turning and turns his back on me. My thought was he's going to run back into the restaurant. The one of the last things I want is a hostage situation. I didn't want him to run back into the restaurant with that, with that handgun in his hand. And I shot. All right. So I shot somebody in the back. It's it, 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 you can't make these statements that you just simply can't shoot somebody because their back is to you. Listen, there are all kinds of different situations. You can't stand there in, on a podium or in front of a PowerPoint and say, well, you know, we shot him in the back. So that's, uh, you know, that's that's what it is. He, he's guilty. Obviously, he shot him in the back. No, there's circumstances. It's fast moving. It's quick thinking. It's decision making. There's distance that happens while you're doing all this stuff. Ugh. I'm so sorry. There's a lot. I see a lot of comments coming out. I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I will try to get to them. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, this was justified. Courtney, Kathleen, thank you for uh, Courtney. Yes, you're absolutely right. Reports are saying uh, uh, taxes was uh, something deployed twice before suspect took off, rendering it useless. No, it, no, it's not. Uh, the one that got to, that got fired um, was the one from the other police officer. That one got fired. It can re recharge and you'll have another charge coming up. The one that the officer uh, that got stolen, they were trying the contact. They were using that. There's two uh, parts to most tasers. You got a contact taser, which you press up against somebody's leg and it has two prongs and the two prongs make contact with the body and you hit the button. And now those cause a uh, electric current, which will cause them to be um, engaged and right. And cause the, it caused the muscles to be triggered. It couldn't get out. That's when the suspect took it from them before the the the, uh, the barbs that are fired were fired so yes it was used but it was used in the contact aspect not in the firing aspect and that one was taken that's the one that when he was running away and you see the muzzle flash it's you can hear it you can hear the bang you can see the muzzle flash that those are the darts that went over the the officer's head all right so good question i'm glad you asked that um cheyenne I appreciate that very much um and i'm sorry there's a lot of comments i want to get to them but let me let me get to a video and I think it's important I go to this video first. This video is gonna show you a very closely related situation where you have a suspect that's been stopped for DUI. It's on the side of the road on a, on a highway. And again, consensual contact. You got uh, the uh, sobriety test is given. Remember that the attorneys from the, 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 the suspect in this case said no sobriety test was taken, given. Yes, there was a sobriety test given. Uh, in, in this case, sobriety test. And again, it looks cooperative. Same thing. It doesn't matter that things start cooperatively, that the uh, the suspect is trying to speak nicely. Why? Because they don't want to be arrested. And so they're trying to talk themselves out of it or talk the officers out of it and, and be nice. Uh, and then when it comes time to be handcuffed is when things change. You take a misdemeanor offense that somebody could have easily been handcuffed and taken to jail and they turn it into a felony assault. Two different things. You need to push aside the memory of somebody talking nicely on video, that they were cooperative. Uh, there's a lot of other issues that I explained over the last couple of days that I, I'm gonna try not to go through because it would take too long. But you have a, a, a calm situation suddenly rapidly turned into a felony confrontation uh, of life and death. Whether you believe it or not, whether you're watching the video safely at home, go, well, he was just fighting and they should have just let him go. You are not in that fight. You are the not, you're not the officer who has weapons on his body. He has one handgun on his side. They often have a new, one or two other guns on their body. We have knives. We have the, uh, the tasers. We have all kinds of other weapons that can be used against us. So please don't tell me what you don't know. You don't know what it's like to get in a fight for your life on the street and you have a suspect actually overpowers two people. All right, I'm gonna show you a video right now that shows a very similar situation where two officers are doing the same thing, giving a sobriety test and I'm gonna let it run. And I, and I oh, let me put up this caution really quick. I wouldn't need to do this to make sure that I give you a warning. So the warning, the contents on this show will be graphic, viewer discretion is advised. I'm letting you know right now that you're gonna see a man get shot. You're gonna see two men get shot and it's not, the suspect at the first. It's gonna, you're gonna see these officers get shot. And I just wanna let you know ahead of time, I would let it be a surprise, but I don't want to surprise you. So these officers are about to be shot in a very similar situation. So let's let's see what happens when you let a, a suspect go after they have assaulted you. What potentially could happen? We don't want a wait to see if that happens. Again, and I'm gonna get into this right after, after um, this, we watch this video. So let's watch this video um, so that I can show you exactly what happens uh, in a very similar situation. It's only, it's about two minutes long, so so forgive me, I'm gonna let it run out. Oh, 
Do me a favor. Come over here. Don't place your hands behind your back. What? Hey, place your hands. Stop I got him. Keep the taser on. Stop Fuck. Keep the taser on. Get on your back! Now you're back! Now you're back! Alright, alright, alright. Get on your back! Get on your back! My god! My god! Oh, goodness! Get the fuck on your back! Sorry, now I got to repeat everything I said. Sorry, I was um, uh, muted my mic. <clears throat> the one thing that you have to know about uh, police work, especially when you're getting into fights, is that these things happen. Video of us fighting with somebody, trying to stay alive, and then sometimes either they're taking our life or we're taking their life is awful video. It will never look good. If we win, it looks like we did maybe too much. If we lose, it looks really bad that, you know, so sad we died. But you, we cannot lose. Law enforcement is not in the position to lose ever. We're always to win, right? If somebody goes to punch us in the face, do we return always with a punch? No, we return with a nightstick or a nunchucks or some other type of striking weapon. If somebody pulls out a knife, we pull out a gun. If somebody pulls out a gun, we pull out two guns, right? And we, we try to fire first. We try to take cover. Uh, or we come out with a bigger gun, right? Uh, an M16 or an MP5. Um, there, there, there's, no, there's no that we have to come out with an equal. We always come out with more. And so if we win, it always looks bad. So video in law enforcement never is what it seems. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I found myself in a very similar, similar situation with a kidnapping in progress. I happened to be pulling over a vehicle. I thought it was a drunk driver. Uh, when it stopped, all hell broke loose. It was a kidnapping in progress. They had a girl at gunpoint inside the vehicle. She jumps out of the car screaming. They come out with guns. I'm behind my vehicle now and I'm all by myself. I have three suspects with guns. I have a girl running around the freeway. She's half naked. And uh, I have the newspaper clippings that I could show you if there's any question about what I'm telling you is true. And it is hectic. It is, it is, it is crazy. And there's a lot that goes on in this situation. So here is a situation where the sobriety test and the contact appears to be fine. A fight breaks out. They cannot get control. They use the taser, just much like the, the case at the Wendy's in Atlanta, right? They're trying to tase him and they, they drag him. And look at these officers drug him out of the lane, probably both because they don't want to get hit by a car, but they don't also want him to be hit by a car. They're telling him, stop fighting, stop fighting. They end up trying to punch him. He won't stop fighting. In the middle of that, a gun falls out of his out of his hip. Remember what these they're saying in Atlanta. Well, they knew he didn't have a gun. How do you know he doesn't have a gun? We can't do that kind of a search prior to an arrest. We can pat down, but we can't check the groin necessarily. We don't connect, we don't find all the we're not doing a strip search to find all the guns on the side of a road or in the contentional contact. Sometimes we would do a very quick pat down just to make sure there's not a weapon that's obviously in position to be grabbed by the suspect. In this case, the very same thing were happened. They were fighting for their lives. They eventually got so winded. You get so freaking tired fighting. 
fighting on the ground, using your elbows, punching, trying to stay alive, and you're exhausted. I don't know where it is that these officer, these uh, these, these attorneys and the DA just think, well, you know, he was a nice guy. You know, so what if he punched you in the face and told your taser? You should have just let him go. It was all nice up until that point. Yes, it was all nice until he chose the suspect, the suspect who's been guilty of domestic violence, of, of, of aggravated assault, of torturing his children, of kidnapping, this parolee that didn't want to go to prison. It was all fine until he didn't want to go back to prison. And that's when it all starts. I'm really not sure what you guys don't understand, those of you that think that he's guilty and that the officer is guilty and that he should go to prison for murder. He was protecting himself. We don't know what's going to happen. These officers kind of let this guy get up. He got to a gun and he shot both officers. I, the only thing I don't know is the if the officers live. That I do not know. Um, let me see if I can find out on the, the place where I found this. Uh, I actually found it on, on Twitter. Oops, sorry. There, sorry. I know that sounds probably coming across. I apologize. Um, hold on. I got to see if I can find out whether it says drunk driver out on parole, pulled over by highway patrol. Officers tried to handcuff him. He resists, fought police, shot one officer, gets away. Uh, it doesn't say whether the officer lived or not. All right, so there's that. Let me uh, also, just so you don't think that I'm talking out of my, my arse here, I got another law enforcement officer from uh, D.C. His name is Ted Williams, uh, a, 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 a black guy from uh, Washington, D.C., has a history. Let's see what he has to say about um, these uh, charges, these 11 charges. I'm going to talk about those in just one second. Um, and... Uh, sorry, can't talk and click all the buttons that need to be clicked at the same time. All right, let's make this a little bit bigger. Let's hear what he has to say. I'm not going to play the whole um, interview, but this is right after, as you can see, right after the 11 charges are brought against um, uh, Rolf, uh, Officer Rolf. Um, and some of the charges are just obscene and just so stupid, but they, they're trying to cover their ass. I'm going to get to that part in just one second. So let's listen to what Ted Williams had to say, if you missed it. Oh, of course. <laughs> hold on one second hold on one second i gotta refresh that page for some reason it's frozen uh give me one second i, I think it's worth it to hear again another perspective uh and i just i want to make sure that you don't think that i'm just making all this crap up because uh of uh, me being a police officer or what have you uh, but it's always important i think to show that i am not alone here we go i'm gonna try this one more time it looks like i got it working all right, technology. Appear today, uh, piecing a lot together, Ted. What, what do you think? Uh, because he had made that is, uh, you know, the attorney had made a, a very big deal of the fact that this was something that was unnecessary, that this was something that didn't have to be done, that even though he was, uh, you know, brandishing a weapon or appeared to be a stun gun, a weapon, a uh, taser, that in the Atlanta police code, it is not deemed as such that someone fires that on you. It is not deemed necessary to respond the way this officer did. Your thoughts? My thoughts are, Neil, we're watching, unfortunately, and sadly, a miscarriage of justice here. First of all, let me say that I believe that the DA here, Paul Howard, overcharged Officer Rolfe in regards to this very sad death of Mr. Brooks. Uh, let me try to be direct with you. What an officer can do, if a deadly force is being used against an officer, an officer has a right to use also deadly force. That's Georgia law. Now, what happened here was everything was beautiful and peaceful and calm up until the time that they got ready to arrest this man. And when they had tried to arrest Mr. Brooks, Mr. Brooks wrestled with him, grabbed one of the tasers, and took off. The officer, Ralph, is right behind him, and he's running behind him. He has his taser out. He moves his taser from his uh, right hand to his left hand. He then pulls his service revolver, but this is why... This case, I believe, will not be, these officers will not be found guilty. It's because at that stage, unfortunately, Mr. Brooks turned 
and shot the taser at the officer. And let me just say something. I've heard all of this crap about a taser is not a deadly weapon. As a lawyer, I can tell you, I have represented two people against police officers who have used tasers, and those two people that I represented died. They died as the result of being tased. A taser is a weapon. A taser can be a dangerous weapon. And when you look at the fact, and what, what troubles me about the overcharging is that they had, the, they had a felony murder charge, so they had to have an underlying charge. And that underlying charge was a, a aggravated assault. And one of the charges is just not gonna stick whatsoever. And that is that when Ralph pulled the trigger of that gun, that a bullet went in the direction of someone that was a, a bystander. And they charged that. And, and that, uh, you would have to show that Officer Ralph intended to shoot the bystander. So what I'm upset about here is... I and so, yes, uh, he was so right in so many areas. Um, uh, I, I wanted to address... Uh, what they talked, what he just talked about in that you have these other people that are out there in the background and you have to be careful when you're shooting at somebody that you know what your background is. But listen, um, there was a lot going on. It was dark. The background, at least for, from what I can see from the position of the one camera, it, it is fairly clear. Uh, nobody else was shot or killed. Sure, you what you do is you end up paying people off, pay, pay them $10,000, $100,000. That is an, an unfortunate situation that can happen in a ricochet. Right. Something could have hit a, a, a cement um, a parking, uh, you know, a curb or something and, and ricocheted and hit a car and, and maybe gone. And these things happen. I'm, I'm telling you, police work is not perfect. Trying to arrest somebody is not does not always go well. Usually when you're handcuffing somebody and they fight, that means something else is going on. They got a warrant out for the arrest They're a parolee at large or they're a parolee that is looking at maybe additional time back in prison and they don't want to go back. There always seems to be something else. When somebody fights, when you're arresting them for a simple misdemeanor and when they fight, that means that something else is going on. So that's that's one in regard to uh, the other the vehicle being hit with one of the bullets. I'm sorry, but that is bad and it's unfortunate and we're sorry. And that is what happens. All right. And so that but you don't charge the police officer. You the, the overcharging. Somebody uh, commented here that there's all these overcharges is exactly what I told you about what they should have done in the other case involving uh, Floyd is that they were charging him in the, in the beginning with this murder three when, you know, I was saying they should have charged him with murder two and then assault, uh, you know, assault on a color of authority. And then you, you pile on. I've talked about pile on. Sometimes piling on means you don't have a good case and you need to actually begin to put all these other charges on there so something will stick so you can make the community happy, so you can make your haters happy, so that you can uh, make your community happy. All the things that I think is really happening here where um, um, uh, Officer Rolf is a scapegoat. What is a scapegoat? Let's look really quick and see what a scapegoat means and why I decided to name this uh, scapegoat. A, a scapegoat is a person who is blamed for the wrongdoings, mistakes, or faults of other others, especially for reasons of expediency. The expediency of finding as many charges as possible to lay on Officer Rolf is a sign that somebody's worried about their job about their future job, about maybe some charges that are coming against them. I, I believe the DA has some uh, kind of a funky background where he's, uh, you know, absconded with some money that he was entrusted with and put it in his own personal account. You got the mayor who is, was hoping to be vice president of the United States uh, with uh, Sleepy Joe, uh, the guy who's hiding in his basement. Uh, you have a bunch of people here who have some hidden agendas that for whatever reason, they've decided that Officer Rolf is going to be a scapegoat to make them look better to help people forget that they got all these other things going on. The mayor also has some issue with money, uh, with ca some campaign money that got spent somewhere else, right? You got other things that are going on here that I think they found their opportunity. Thank God 
uh, Officer Ralph, Ralph killed this uh, parolee who uh, has, uh, you know, that's uh, has been, is, he got seven years uh, for domestic violence, for uh, violence against his children, this loving, this loving uh, father. Let's look at his charges. Let me go ahead and bring those up, right? We got uh, simple battery. We got cruelty to children. We got false imprisonment. We got family violence battery. We got possession of stolen property. We got interfering with the government with the government on government property. I'm not sure what that's all about. And um, serving seven years, one year, one year, one year, another seven years, uh, and five years. Uh, this is this was not a good guy, right? They're, they're, oh, this family man, this poor guy. He was j just fell asleep in the uh, driveway of the Wendy's. What are you doing picking on him? You should have just let him go. He has no history of violence. He, he's a perfect citizen, right? And I know that we can't necessarily shoot somebody because of their past, but I'm telling you, this gives you a reason to understand why he was fighting, right? You can't shoot somebody because they were one. Maybe, maybe he's now a born-again Christian and he goes, God is life straight. Let's let's just say that. But he he decided to fight with the cops. When you fight with the cops, you don't get equal um, use of force that you punch me, the cop punches back. That's not all. No, you get something much higher, right? You have to go a step above. That is what law enforcement is allowed to do. You get punched, you come out with a striking weapon, you get stabbed, you come out with your gun, right? I know I said that before. I'm just repeating that. This is not one of those things. When somebody turns and points a, a firearm, whether it's a taser or a handgun, you see the muzzle flash as a police officer from only four feet away when it occurred. And actually the, the, the barbs go right over his head as the DA said, right? Then um, I think you have the ability to shoot. One last thing I wanna show you is that another, and when I'm talking about this expedience to cover up somebody else's wrongdoing is that look at this, this is gonna be interesting to you, I think. And I, I found this uh, because of April Roga sent it to me, one of the viewers that's off and on, and I really appreciate her being on all the time, one of my good friends. And she found this, and this really interesting what we see here. You got the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. The Georgia Bureau, of, I'm gonna read the whole thing to you just so you kind of understand. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation was requested by the Atlanta Police Department on Friday night June 12th to investigate an officer involved shooting at the Wendy's restaurant at University Avenue. We are in the process of conducting this, inve this investigation. Although we have made significant progress in this case, in the case, we have not completed our work. We have not completed our work. Our goal in every officer involved shooting case we are requested to review is to complete a thorough impartial investigation before we submit the file to their respective district attorney's office. The GBI um, was not aware of today's press conference. That was the one that happened earlier today. This is now three, this was posted three hours ago, um, the press conference before it was conducted. We were not consulted on the charges filed by the district attorney. Despite today's occurrence, the GBI will complete its mission of completing an impartial and thorough investigation of this incident, and we will submit the, the file once completed to the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. Hmm, why were in they such a hurry to, to bring these charges um, to the community? What is going on? Did they not want to wait? for the Bureau of Investigations to tell them that they had no case, that they couldn't make these charges? Were they jumping ahead in order to get these, to, to have the show that they put on? The show to, to, uh, to, uh, to show that they're doing something so that nobody continued to look at whatever it is they, the DA was doing and the mayor were doing? Is that possible? Do you think that would happen in our world today? I, 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 you know, really? Uh, I don't think it's any secret. Uh, that they jumped to conclusions, they dumped, jumped to these charges, they added all these extra charges that were just bogus. They're talking about, and I, again, just saw just a minute ago, that they are bringing up this fact that the, I don't know if it's a fact, uh, they brought up this uh, charge that the officer, after he shot the suspect, this parolee, and they shot him, that he kicked him. It is not unusual for law enforcement with their hands on their gun to stand over somebody they just shot to push them to see if they have to stop fighting. We do it all the time. I did it several times. Sometimes when we have somebody kneel in front of us with their back to us and they put their hands, interlace their fingers behind their head, what we do is we'll push them. 
or sometimes we'll tap them with our foot and we'll, we'll do that to see if they're going to spin to try to attack us. Again, I've done this several times. I did it uh, uh, on a case with a, a suspect who was only being arrested for petty theft from Albertsons at La Palma State College in Anaheim. Uh, he was a six foot five man, much bigger than I was. I, I had him come out. I had him kneel with his back to me. I had him cross his feet. Uh, uh, you know, uh, as he was being kneeled and I had him interlace his fingers behind his head when I pushed him or kicked him. If you're going to at least see a video, it's going to look like I kicked him. When I pushed him, he stood up and turned and the fight was on. I pushed my button. The dog came out and the dog bit him. All right. It's a good thing. I kicked him because that tested whether he was going to attack me or not. Not this is what it is done. I'm telling you law enforcement enforcing the law, arresting some people is not pretty. And if you see video of it, it's not going to always look good. That's just the way that it's done. I don't know how else to tell you. My job is not to die and to not and for, for people. My job is to go home to my family while enforcing the laws of the state and the United States of America. And it is not my fault that somebody decides to spin on me and to attack me as I'm trying to arrest them. It wasn't this officer's fault that he got attacked during the arresting process, that the two officers that tried to get him into custody were fought off and their taser was stolen. It is not their fault. They tried to retain it. The other thing is what I talked about is they tried to, they, they cannot use a carotid restraint. Remember the chokehold has been outlawed. It has been outlawed for many, many years. And now they're talking about like, it's something brand new they're talking about, but we have not been able to use the chokehold. The other thing that we probably should not be using is the carotid, not because it doesn't work and not because it's safe. It's because it's questionable whether we'll be charged if we use it. It is a great hold. The carotid restraint, which is the one on the left, is the best thing you can do to avoid having to shoot somebody. Because what happens? You can knock somebody out. You can lay them on the ground. You can get them handcuffed before they wake up and before they know anything happened. The chokehold clearly is dangerous. The chokehold should not be used. But when we cannot use the chokehold, and it may be questioned whether we use the carotid hold, which in both incidents, the one in Atlanta and the one I showed you in the videotape, if they could have used the carotid restraint, they could have choked that guy out, knocked him out, got him handcuffed, and he would have woke up and everybody would have been alive. Everybody. The officer wouldn't have got shot on the, on the, on the video that I showed you from Twitter. The suspect wouldn't have eventually been shot. I think he got shot later on. Uh, in the case of Atlanta, um, Mr. Brooks, suspect Brooks, the felony suspect Brooks, the parolee Brooks, um, he would still be alive today if we could have used the carotid restraint. But because there's some confusion about a chokehold and a carotid restraint, they didn't use it. And now they only had the one option left, and that was to shoot him and take his life. That's because people that don't know anything about law enforcement are making decisions that they know nothing about. The carotid restraint is one of the safest, most effective holds a police officer can use when he does it effectively uh, to take somebody into custody. A chokehold is dangerous because you're going to crush somebody's air pipe, um, airway within their esophagus. So this is all a bunch of crackpot BS. The fact that they're saying that the other officer stood on them. Um, we cough and stand on somebody's hand so that as we're trying to get them handcuffed or determine the safe, uh, safety to be able to move forward for a brief moment, just again, so they can't move their hand and put it on their waistband. They, they're claiming that he stood on his back. I don't know. I don't see any video of that. But again, standing on somebody's hand or somebody's arm um, in order to make sure that they're not going to be uh, rapidly moving to, to grab a gun is, again, something that's done before we can get somebody handcuffed. So that is not unusual. These charges are crazy. They're just crazy, right? And they're not taking a bunch of other stuff. And there's a, there's a bunch of other charges that were just nuts. And if I were to go into them, we could be on this forever. All right. So understanding, again, that uh, I just want to make sure that you understand that it is um, a complete over, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's just overstepping. Um, it is using the officer's escape goat. Um, all the claims and the words they're using are just wrong. Um, this should not be tried in the, um, uh, in the press right now is what they're doing. They're trying to make themselves look good. They're trying to get the focus off of the wrongdoings that the DA has in his background, the mayor has in her background, and that she wants to be vice president of the United States. And this is a rush to judgment. Uh, they haven't allowed all the investigation to take place yet. The, uh, the Brewer investigation, again, says, they, how, you didn't even tell us you're going to do this, right? They didn't want to tell them. Because they would have told them, don't do it yet because you don't have all the facts and you haven't taken a bunch of things into consideration is what my feeling is. So it, it, this is crazy. It's going to be bad when, when these officers are found not guilty. It's going to be worse because of everything that they've done. All right. So thank you, Dale. Thank you. I appreciate it. Andy, is it possible that the police department would fake 
fake charges just to keep the officers safe and prevent riots. Not in this case. Um, no, I don't think so. That, that is a good point, but I, I doubt it very much. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how do people not see through the BS? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're still on and out. The, the family came on and talked about, oh, we saw how. And again, these are the, the, the these are the victims of the suspect, right? The victims of the suspect now coming on. He was such a wonderful man. You know, again, I was a family crimes detective for a, a couple of years over there at Anaheim. And uh, it is an unfortunate thing that you can see happen all the time where the, the women are beat by their husbands. Um, arms are broken. They got black eyes. They got bloody lips. Uh, they got stitches. Uh, and they come in a couple of days later and say, you know, I don't want my husband arrested. It was my fault. I upset him. Uh, and so I, I don't want to press charges anymore. And then you go, did you, you want to listen to your 911 tape where you called the police department and said, my husband is trying to kill me. Would you hurry up and get here? If you don't get here, he's going to kill me. That, you, that call that you made, that's the thing that you're now saying that your husband didn't do. Right now, he's a loving husband. Now that you now you love him and you you're trying to protect him, and you're saying that you did that, that you caused all that to happen, and this is not unusual. It is not unusual for the victim of a violent crime, especially when it's perpetrated perpetrated by their uh, their husband or their boyfriend um, or the person that provides a living. Right, uh, that they all come back and say, "Oh, he was fantastic to us." I don't even know what happened that night. Obviously, it was a mistake that he punched me uh, and that he uh, uh, hurt the children uh, and all that other kind of bullshitsky's deli uh, that they come up with. It is just really crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, so the victims of his wrath are now coming out and saying what a wonderful person he was. Um, I think I respect cops more now than ever. Thankless job too. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll, I'll matter. I'll matter to, to you. I appreciate that. Um, all right, let me see if I missed anything. I have the Atlanta. Oh, uh, let's, talk, let's talk about this too. One more thing. I'm so sorry. I got one more thing. And here is another thing that um, uh, I think that they are ashamed of over in Atlanta. Let's take a look at what it says about their crime in Atlanta. Do you remember the other day when I was talking about Minneapolis, about how they're, you know, they're dismantling their, their police department and they're uh, defunding all the stuff that we're hearing in the news right now. And I pointed out that it has a four rank a crime ranking <laughs> a four hundred means it's safe and minneapolis is a four and i was like wow a four is horrible like how bad does a crime have to be in a city for it to be a four like you, you, you can't walk that you can't safely walk anywhere in minneapolis at night uh without worrying about being mugged or murdered or raped right even men right my you know because it's so bad when you have a four a four is horrible it must be really bad to be a four well, let's take a look really quick and see what Minnesota or uh, what Atlanta is. Let's see. Let's see what Atlanta is. This is going to be interesting to see this. It's got to be like a 10. It's got to be a 15. No, it's a two. Atlanta is a two. Are you shitting me? <laughs> what? What? You are kidding me. Number of crimes, 3,000, violent crimes, 3,978 uh, property crimes, 24,791. Uh, it's crime rate per thousand residents, uh, 7.99. 40 property crimes, almost half of the 1,000 residents in Atlanta will be the victim of a property crime or just a crime. Fit over half will be a victim of any crime in Atlanta. 57.76 of per 1000 residents will be the victim of a crime violent or property are you kidding me does this not just speak to what i've been talking about for the last several weeks and i just need to come back to this of it's just democrats have lost their minds democrat voters really listen you got to do something about this can you not see that in atlanta new york baltimore um, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, all being led by Democrats, all have the worst crime index of, of most of the cities in our country are all run by Democrats. When you talk about Black Lives Matter, not one Black Lives Matter person ever gets on and says, you know what, we should do something about these mayors and governors uh, that govern these areas where we have nothing but crime. Our, our, our ranking here in Atlanta is a two and then they've been there for decades and they've done nothing. And they're saying, well, Donald Trump, 
He's only been a president for three and three and a half years, less than three and a half years. And it's his fault that you've been leaving. You've been living in complete um, uh, crime ridden, nasty shitholes. That doesn't bother you. Black Lives Matter. That, 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 that the areas where you have the biggest crime index, where you are, you know, the, the, the biggest crime, um, uh, poverty, um, lack of education, fatherless homes, that all that's happening in a Democrat-run community, that, that that doesn't bother you, Black Lives Matter? That's what tells me it's a fraud. Black Lives Matter is a fraud because your focus is on police. Let's look at another statistic that I brought up the other day. I might as well do this while I'm at it. What the hell? Is that you have, um, let's, oh, sorry, let's do the math. Is that when you're looking at something, you're looking at something that's so minute and blaming all of your, your sadness, all of the, your deaths, all of everything that is wrong with this world on law enforcement, but out of 50 million calls a year, there's only 50 times where you can say somebody that was unarmed was killed. Again, unarmed doesn't mean they weren't violent. And so that's 0.001% is what your focus is on right now, that cops are horrible, that they are, they are, they are the, 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 the worst thing that, that they need to be dissolved, that they need to be gotten rid of because of 0.0001% of the time, somebody is unarmed and most of those are white people. Only nine of those 50 are black people and you're destroying an entire industry, the law enforcement industry, you're destroying it and saying that it's the most racist, systematic problem in our world right now, and you're saying nothing about Democrats who cause you and force you to live in these shitholes for decades have never done anything about it? Really? And if I go to the medical thing and say, but this is okay though, right? 35 million procedures, right? 35 and, and you know, 35,000, almost 35,500, we'll just round it up. Um, and you have an error of 251,454. That's a, that's a 9.5, right? Um, that, does that not tell you how great law enforcement is? That we're, we only make really, I mean, it's, it's, it's less than that when you're talking about violence. It's less than 0.001% because of those 50, not all of them were nonviolent. Somebody's life was in danger. That's why the person was killed. They just didn't happen to have a gun or they just happened to not be armed. Right? That's what all this is about. And now you got this, this officer who's a scapegoat for a mayor has done nothing for the city of Atlanta. Nothing. She has probably caused more death with her ineptness and her inability to, to actually run a city. She's, she can obviously cannot run a city. Right, she wants to be vice president of the United States. You're going to elect her as vice. If you elect her vice president, you guys are much dumber than I thought. Much dumber. You're, you're, I mean, it's bad enough that you're thinking about voting for Biden. Right? That <laughs> that's that's bad enough. You got a guy who's uh, you know has dementia that you're going to make president of the United States. That is pretty dumb. But then you're going to add a, a mayor possibly who has a crime index of two and and, and has joined a series of mayors and and, and uh, leaders in the city who has done nothing for black lives ever 8 years of obama he did nothing that donald trump has done for the black community donald trump in 3 years has done more in 3 years he did more in his first year as president for the black community than obama did in 8 years uh, along with biden by the way biden had did nothing except for ride uh, obama's coattails to hell is what he did all right, I'm getting hoarse, uh, and I hope I made my point. That, again, the officer is, a, is simply a scapegoat uh, to the wrongdoings and the lackluster uh, uh, leadership of the city of Atlanta. Um, he should not be charged. He should actually get his job back. Uh, in the end, I hope he sues everybody personally um, for the injustice that has been done to him and the rest of the law enforcement there in Atlanta. Uh, again, I understand that many officers have walked off the job in Atlanta and they should. Um, uh, this is a sad day for law enforcement. Other officers should walk off the job. Uh, I would never have said that in the past. I think it's too dangerous for a police officer right now to do their job. If they get in a fight and the other person dies and they're black, you're done. You're going to either be fired at minimum. You're going to be pressed. Uh, uh, you're going to be charged. Uh, with with aggravated assault, um, uh, manslaughter, or a murder. Um, if you do anything right now to protect yourself to stay alive or protect anybody else for that matter, uh, I would not go in service. Uh, we would, I almost said 10-8. I would not go 10-8 as a police officer tonight or any night uh, as long as this is going on. If you have to protect yourself and you kill somebody and they happen to be black or Mexican, uh, anything other than white, um, you will be charged uh, with murder, manslaughter, or fired. Uh, at the least.
Um, sorry, I may have said something wrong in my excitement. I'm, I'm going hoarse because I'm so excited and so pissed right now. Um, I'm so angry. Um, I would appreciate this if uh, if you would share this video. It's it's only because I think more people need to understand what is really going on in our world right now. And you can hate me if you are if you're on the uh, if you're not American. If you're not American and, and believe that these officers should be charged. If you're not American and you are okay with people taking over Seattle. If you're not American and, and aren't upset at the, what the Democrats have done to some of these once great cities. San Francisco used to be a great beautiful city. It is now a shithole. People are crapping on the streets. They're pissing on the streets. Um, they are giving uh, drug addicts drugs and they're giving them alcohol. And they've increased their homelessness by 300% since the beginning of COVID-19. That is what a, um, a Democrat-run city is doing. That's what a Democrat-run uh, country will look like if you vote Democrat, if you don't vote these people out. I am so crazy serious right now that um, uh, I, I just don't even know what to say. It, it is it is madness. Thank you for my shirt. Yeah, Led Zeppelin. I decided to keep it on. It's the only thing that's kind of kept me calm today is looking at my Led Zeppelin shirt. Led Zeppelin, great band. Um, uh, I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for watching. And oh, shoot, I got to get my son to karate. All right, my uh, my friends, I uh, I love you all. Uh, and, um, you know, just spread the word. And those of you that are not saying anything, I understand why you're not because you, you, you can get demonized very quickly in this world. But uh, we have to start speaking up. So um, I would encourage you to finally start to speak up. Uh, we have to save America uh, before the Democrats uh, take it down, um, just down a road that we may, we may never recover from. All right, that is it. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye. Is QuickBooks slowing your business down? Do you have challenges managing inventory, project profitability, or just getting paid fast enough? Get your business to a better place and graduate to NetSuite today. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com info. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash info, netsuite.com slash info. In a noisy, stressful world, quiet is the most valuable commodity. And the cabin of every Lincoln vehicle is designed with this principle in mind. Should you desire a little more melody, our available Revel Audio system will not disappoint. The very same engineering that makes for a whisper-quiet interior provides a studio-like setting in which to rock out to your music, finding harmony all around you. That's the power of sanctuary. And that's Lincoln. Revel and the Revel logo are trademarks of Harmon International Industries, registered in the United States and other countries.